I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. Channel 3 is the future. There's no platform like it. It's a place where you can post about video games, and you know everybody cares about it. They are just as excited to see your post about video games as you are to post it. Finally, someone gets it. Listen, if you're an up-and-coming content creator, you're just not going to find a more creator-friendly platform than Channel 3. What? Um, How? Uh... You're just not. You can review new games, old games, systems. You can make lists of your favorite games, least favorite games, backlog. Boom. They finally yes. get yes. the W. Everything is gamified. How much XP do I get for There's this? daily quests, weekly challenges, daily mini games. There's tournaments, events. <laughs> I can honestly say that it makes gaming more exciting than it's ever been. Oh. That's all I'm saying. Welcome to the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. Welcome to another episode of the Bucket and Hoosier show. Uh, this week, Bucket and I are both just tasked with fatherly duties. Bucket's out traveling. I had all sorts of stuff going on. So this is going to be another vault episode from our season zero that we had last year, where we talk with Tordad and learn a little bit about being a father in the esports environment. But first, I wanted to make sure uh, we did cover what happened this past weekend in Rocket League. So last weekend in Rocket League, we had... CRL World Championships, the College Rocket League, Collegiate Rocket League Championships. And it was a pretty fantastic weekend. Coming into it, we all thought Northwood Blue would just be the top dogs again and that they would re stay as the defending champions of CRL. But it didn't quite work out that way. They had a good start in the quarterfinals where they 3 0'd Berlin, and then they moved on to the semifinals where they met up with Fisher, Fisher College, and they end up getting 4 0'd. And we all, if you watch that game, Fisher College looked like a very strong team. Out of the bottom side of the bracket, we had Dr. Broman Academy coming from uh, beating Akron uh, 3-1, and then they beat Columbia College 4-1, moving on to the grand finals where they played Fisher, where this goes to a game seven and is a close battle all the way. 2-1 Bromine, 3-1 uh, to Fisher, 1-0, 3-2 with an overtime, 4-1 uh, Fisher, 4-2 Fisher, it looks like they're gonna finish it, and then Bromine just comes out and wins 5-2, and EU is now the kings of CRL for an entire year. Now, from my point of view, 
is not looking good for NA moving forward. Uh, EU is looking like a strong region overall, whether it be CRL or RLCS. So some tough, tough, tough times ahead, excuse me. Uh, this weekend we have coming up EU and they will be playing in their uh, spring invitational and some teams that we see there Carmine, Moist, Oxygen, Team Liquid, Vitality, G1, all the normal names, and then you also have Solary, uh, Fade Op, and Hogan Mode. They got a nice little invite as well. So it'll be again a in the spring, we're in double elimination bracket, and we'll see how that plays out. So who knows? And then a week from this weekend, we will finally have the NA Spring Invitational, which would have been this past weekend, but they made room for CRL. So NA gets a little bit of an extended break as we move forward. Uh, also coming up this week in three days from now, which would be Thursday will be South America. Uh, they will be running their spring invitational. And then uh, who else comes up? So South America, uh, SSA, so Sub-Saharan Saharan Africa and then Asia Pacific as well. Those all happen this week and it shall be exciting. Now on to what this episode is. I mentioned before, this episode comes from our vault season zero, which we had done that all on Twitch. And now we're bringing some of those here to the podcast platform. And we did a good interview with Tordad. In this interview, Tordad shares his unique perspective on what it's like to be the father of a pro esports player. From the early days of teaching his son how to navigate airports to managing the delicate balance between life work and being a top player in the Rocket League scene, Tordad provides valuable insight into the challenges and triumphs of supporting a professional gamer. Join us as we uncover the untold stories and lessons learned from Tordad's journey. Discover the sacrifices made, the wisdom gained, and the bond forged between a father and his esports prodigy. This interview is a must listen for anyone aspiring to understand the behind the scenes dynamics of a professional esports career. So we hope you enjoy the interview. Give us your feedback. And as always, we hope you guys have a good one. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Bucket, how was your week, buddy? Man, I feel like we were just sitting here talking to Wi-Fi, and it's, it's been a full week already. So it was short, but that's a good thing in my days. Some day, sometimes these days drag on. Ah, uh, you're not you're telling you're telling me something I already know. I mean, I was so I after that conversation with Wi-Fi last week, I I haven't had a chance to go back and listen to it, but he shared so much good knowledge with us that I still need to go back and re-digest everything that he told us. From that perspective that he has a coach who's coached in three different regions. Yeah, it was a great conversation with Wi-Fi. And again, I like hearing the perspectives of people that I I normally want to get to talk to in my everyday life. And an 18-year-old who has that much experience and also just had that head on his shoulders was unbelievable just to sit down and chat with him. So if you haven't checked that one out, go ahead and, and check that VOD. But you definitely would be missing out if you don't. I agree 100%. Uh, Navy Walrus, I am sorry if you're cutting into your Amaranth hot tub streams. We got important things to talk about because today we have a top dad Rocket League player, the host of some of the best Rocket League watch parties around, a University of Vermont graduate, and a creator of a world champion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Tordad. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks for that intro. 
Dude, Tordad, it is awesome to have you up here. How are you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Doing well. So, the first thing we like to talk about with people, what is your what is your story around Rocket League? What 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 got you into it? Was it all torment, or did you help bring him to the scene? Actually, it's um it's a little different than that. Uh, I had I think there was the PS3, and when you had the uh, the PS uh, Plus or whatever it was, you had free games. Yeah. And the the Super Sonic Rocket Battle uh, Battle Cards came out. I was like, let's download this. This is a cool game for me and my son to play together co-op. I mean, I, I want to say he's eight years old maybe at the time. So we played that for a while, but it was I actually was the one to uh, download it. So that's how we started playing it. And obviously, he was he had already started getting good at it. It was uh, interesting because I mean the maps and everything were very different then, but it was it was cool. And then I think what happened was you know we played it for a while, stopped playing it. He kept playing it, and I wish we both continued because we would have had all the Alpha Blue stuff and everything. Because <laughs> all the people that stuck with it got to get it. So, but yeah, that's how it started. That's crazy that you guys played Star. Someone was asking me about that game, and I around so I joined the PlayStation Plus when it was Rocket League, and the people that were on SARP were just so much better. Like you said, the people who played it the whole time, but right. just knowing about the game at that time was probably just so much fun with the relax atmosphere and playing it with your eight year old. I'm looking for games right now to play with seven year old. So that would have been such a blast. I can just imagine. Yeah. And then a, a, a strange thing happened. So my son always played, we played, played a little league and then he was playing high school baseball. Pretty good. And he was in his, I want to say his uh, freshman year. And I noticed he started not doing as well, and I didn't really know why, and he didn't want to tell. But he started losing interest in baseball because that's when he started getting to the Rocket League in season one. He actually was on a team, and the first season of Rocket League, they had a split season, actually, kind of like they do now. And they didn't play in the first split, but they played the second split, and they actually had enough points to qualify if they'd only played the first one to actually go to the first uh, playoffs, you know, they were out in LA, actually, that's how well they did. Oh, wow. So, I mean, and he well, told me at the end, <laughs> I didn't even know. <laughs> so, I mean, so that's, I mean, I think there's a lot of parents that are running into that now. What was that like as a, as a parent who at that time, traditional sports were really still the mainstream, right? And now your kid is showing you this new venture. So, did you have reservations about it or were you just like, Oh, let's go for it, kid. Just go all out. No, I didn't have reservations, but, but what I had was, um, you know, he was in travel baseball and, and I don't know if you guys know about, it, but travel sports is money. Yep. So it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we had already committed to like a down payment. So we basically lost that. So I was a little upset at first, to be honest, but not because I didn't want him to do it. I was just like, I wish you had told me a little earlier, but we got past that. And, uh, you know, he, for the second season, he was like, dad, um, this is when I started watching it and seeing how they were casting. And I was like, oh my God, this is like ESPN. They got a desk in front of him and stuff on Twitch. <laughs> but he's like, I might have to go to, um, Amsterdam. So I was like, well, if that's the case, we need to get a passport now. That that's and, forward thinking for you. I know there's a lot of parents out here that wouldn't even think about that. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that. They actually got beat in the playoffs, like last game, overtime, I believe. And it was against Rizzo's team. They were, it was like a 
Rizzo, I think Hot Wheels Sid, and I forget the third player, but they they just was that they take just three? lost that. Yes, that was who they were. Take three. So, and we that almost almost went you for it though. Having oh yeah, having him in baseball beforehand because I played sports too my whole life, and baseball was my number one. But travel ball, all that stuff. If my parents, if I pivoted to this was not obviously an option, but to something like this, and you as a parent probably were able to pivot just as easily. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it didn't hurt him that I was already a gamer. You know, I've, I've played game, video games my right. whole life also, so that helped out in that sense. And, uh, yeah, and actually because he was a pitcher in baseball, I actually felt that it helped him out in, in like, the spotlight type of stuff. Like, I used to tell him, think about it. As a pitcher, now you didn't have hundreds of people there or thousands, but you still had – Nine players on each team, the bench, you had uh, umpires, you had coaches, you had parents that were there. So you had 50 people maybe watching, and they're waiting to see what you're going to do on the pitcher's mound. So it was all eyes on you. So I told them to just take that energy and keep that same thing, especially when you were at land. I actually suggested him sit in the middle of cloud nine in the beginning. I felt that that helped center them better. That actually makes a totally. lot of sense because... It sounds like, and I don't know the background of a lot of the other uh, pro players, but him having that background, I think I would almost venture to say a lot of them don't have that because whether you're playing baseball or for me, it was basketball. So when you're on the free throw line and you got to hit these two free throws and everybody's looking at you, like that's a different type of pressure. And that's something that I feel like a lot of the new 15 year olds, they probably don't know. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think some of the older guys definitely probably play sports that are out of there, but uh, these younger kids like Daniel and stuff, I don't know. Maybe they do. There could be, maybe there actually could be some soccer going on. I think that's one of the bigger sports or lacrosse or something, but I know. Crossover uh, sport. I know. Uh, I, I want to say I thought that um, Beast Mode was might have been playing because he's still in high school. So um, there's a bunch of these players that are still in high school. So all these lands and stuff, they got to get time off for. Yeah, what's that yeah, like as a permission slips? Yeah, what's that, what's that like as trying to manage that for for a kid, especially because he was younger when they were starting to do lands and whatnot. So, what were some of the things that you had to think about that? I mean, that no one else is really paying attention to. Right. Well, obviously for school they need to keep their grades up, and one of the biggest things he liked to do, and and it's all of them, they like to stay up very late. <laughs> they go to school the next morning. I mean, he would be up at two o'clock in the morning on a school night. And I'm like, that really can't happen. I mean, you're getting up for school and, and, and you gotta, you gotta keep a grade at least, you know, you gotta keep a certain amount of a, a grade. We are not going to let you carry D's and just get by or anything. You know, we expect still good grades and stuff. And uh, him and him and uh, my, me and uh, his mother were divorced. So he would stay at both houses back and forth. So we had to balance that too, when he, which house he was at. But I could tell you when he was at my house, I used to have the internet cut off at certain times. So oh. you, you go, you know, two o'clock in the morning, it's cut off. You're not, you're not going <laughs> on no more. And, and, you know, and he had to deal with it. So, but it, it, it was a little bit of a balance, you know, and, and again, the travel stuff, you know, you just have to do, you just get your schoolwork in advance or whatever and try to get that going and then just go. And the thing about Rocket League, and that's still happening now is that, if the kid is under 18, he needs a guardian to travel, which is a great thing because they pay for you too. And you're just like treated like a player. Your flight's taken care of, your hotel, all the food, everything. You got all access everywhere. So it's really nice. I was, I did that for a while. I like that. You know, went to London that way and oh. a couple other places. 
Wow. That's, that's what was my next question was like, how do you, how your young kid traveling to other places or needing to be somewhere for a tournament? And it sounds like the organization, is that what took care of that stuff or? It's actually, it's when it's psionics, psionics takes care of all travel stuff. Um, really? Uh, yeah. Like the dream hacks, your org, the org takes care of, but anything like all this right now, the land that's uh, going on out in LA, that's all psionics. That's all through there. They, they, they hire, they used to hire uh, a woman. Her name was Kim. Uh, but I talked to her cause I was wanting to find out if she was doing it this one. And she said that they picked somebody else, but up until then they had her in the, again, it was like a big family. They'd reach out and, and the things that you don't think about what they provide. She would have people there that, that could massage the kids' hands if they had cramps. One kid had a headache, they'd run to the store, they'd get aspirin. I mean, this is they were treated like rock stars. I've heard I heard wow. that on Rizzo's podcast, and they were talking about Garrett G, him and Sizzler going back and forth. Cause then they, they tell a little story about Garrett G they when they lost to take three, uh their org the person who's in charge of that org at the time was like, don't you guys have any like set plays that you can do like basketball? And he's like, no. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and they wanted to cut their pay right then and there. So yeah. Oh, Lord imagine. But yeah, the travels, the travel was interesting. Like I said, it was cool too. You know, we get, we arrive at an airport and we're walking and I'd be like, there'd be like a sign up with our last name and we'd get into like a black SUV and they drive us to our hotel. I'm like, this is nice. That's awesome. Yeah, you're not going to get that treatment in uh, travel baseball. That's for sure. No, the all the money is, goes to the org. <laughs> with the kids these days, they have to learn. Like, like I'd watch. I'd say to my son, "Okay, um, I don't know nothing right now. I want you to lead the way in the in the uh, airport because I know at some point he was going to have to do this on his own." And you know, they're just in their phone. I'm like, "You just walked by the guy that had to sign up for our, our car like twice now." I did. He goes. I said, "Yeah." You got to stop looking at your phone and pay. So it was, it was also, I, I tried to teach him. I wanted to teach him because I knew he'd be on his own at some point. And that was a scary thing. You know, your kid's 18 and a half years old and you can't travel, say, to Madrid this time. And so they're flying them out there. So the best you can do is drop them off the airport because they go a week earlier than when you go to watch them. Right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like you did it right. I don't know. I mean, I know my parents had me flying on airplanes by myself when I was like, 12 years old going up and see a different right. family right not but i know a lot of people like they never get on an airplane until they're 18 or in their 20s and then they're walking around going i don't know where to go and it's like this is right. easy <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely uh but yeah so he's i mean like i said he's definitely um he's a seasoned traveler and he's seen a lot of the world at a young age that's something that uh you know most most kids don't get to do so very happy for him on that Wow. Totally. That's just unbelievable that he's been able to grow from you downloading a game randomly when he's to traveling the world playing this game all by himself and getting to essentially make a whole lifetime worth of memory. Right. What exactly. would you say like that that makes you the most proud of the accomplishments that he's that he's done? Is there something more like that? Like he's traveled and we love that he's doing all this stuff or he's winning? Yeah, I think it's all of it. I think it's the the experience and then the way he composes himself. And, you know, like when, when they were in Vegas and they won the whole thing and, and he, he was the MVP, you know, and that was the last person on the team that anyone would have thought and how he just rose up to the occasion on that, on that weekend. And one of the other things is 
So early on in C9, Squishy and Kimmich, neither one of them wanted to do an interview. If you go back, you notice it's always been my son yep. that did the interview. So it gave him a lot of experience in that. And I actually would, we would pretend interview kind of. And, and I'd ask some questions. I said, I know you're not going to want to have set things all the time, but here's some things. So you're not going, um, 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 like, you know, as you're live. So you can kind of go, you know, have things to say as you're thinking, at least. And, and in the beginning, you can watch him. You can notice his eyes, like he kind of almost like look up like he was thinking of what he's doing. And then as you went, went on, you see that disappear. And that's another experience that you can't, you can't get without having to do that. And think about it. You're, you're in a stadium of, you know, even if it's only 8,000 people there that are actually, uh, you know, all waiting to hear what you're going to say. It's pretty wild. Yeah, because how old were they? How old was he when they won the world championship in Vegas? Uh, at the most, eighteen. Okay, that and that—that's still like majority of eighteen-year-olds. They've never had to to do that. And like you said, that whole of him looking up, and I, I know from uh, some things I've learned that yeah, that's a telltale sign when someone is trying to think of what to say. They start looking elsewhere. But right. yeah, the fact that he's grown and gotten comfortable with it—that is. Awesome. So right now with the team and where they're at, um, do you, does it feel like a burden has kind of been taken off him with calm? Because it feels like calm's really stepped into that role a lot. Uh, very yeah, smooth. so I think um, I'm going to do a quick little, not go too much into it. So oh, yeah, at no, the end fine. of Cloud, no, what I'm saying is at the end of Cloud 9, if you, if you anyone that followed it, sorry, that's the dogs. Uh, <laughs> they, they've tried to get rid of my son twice. Okay, they and, and I always felt that yeah he stayed there, but I just feel like it wasn't a good like how how you, we're on a team and you guys are trying to get rid of me, but now I'm here. How do I trust you? How do I how do we still team? And you could tell they never played the same anymore. Like that's what that was one of the kind of things, right? Because I I don't trust like you guys aren't talking behind my back. So there was all that, and then you know yeah Squishy left because C nine decided to get out of the game, and that wasn't because of them. That was just because they felt like. Sionics wasn't doing enough to make the orcs actually start making money. So Sionic, uh, C9 said, we're going to move to the side and let them go. Squishy hours, he went to NRG. And Gimmick and my son, they actually went together. And I personally, and again, it's nothing against Gimmick or anything. I, he's, a, he's a good kid. He's a good player. I just felt that that was never going to work. And even in, in uh, version one, they talked about replacing him or AXB at first, you know, and it went to AXB. And, and I was just like, I'm, I'm done with this. I told my son, I said, you should just leave. And obviously he's stuck, and I'm glad because when Khan came along, and now with Beast Mode, I just feel like they're that's a team right now. And they're just starting to gel. Like, and you could see this last uh, regional and how they played. So that's a, a great segue into one of our next questions. Mm -hmm. Was there a doubt that V1 wasn't going to come to this major? Like when you saw this team come together and like you just said, they just started gelling and things started happening. Did you just know like, man, they're, they're going to win. Yeah. I mean, my expectation definitely was that they, they, they had enough as long as they could get it going quick enough. They have enough as, as a team now to compete with any of those teams at any time. Um, and Fireburner, you know, his job is just to make sure the team is, making the adjustments needed. And I feel like he's cap more than capable of doing that. So when they're doing that all together, and obviously, they, you know, they, they called it the uh, the buff one because they were all um, boot camp, and they call it the boot camp buff. But they all got to play <laughs> at the headquarters of V1, and it, and it showed. 
No, that, that yeah. 100% sure. Yeah. So, and I kind of had a question about that because I think I had talked to you through your stream one one day about, you know, that was something that kind of fell off with COVID that wasn't really happening as much. And the fact that I think V1 showed that it does work. Have you heard any rumblings? I know you're in on the scene of possibly orgs trying to go back to that. Well, I mean, I can tell you right now, pretty much almost every EU team is already here. If you talk to some of the pros, you'll hear right now they're excited because ranked is, is the best there is because you got yes. all the EU pros in here and everything else. So, um, And you got, I believe, the o o uh, OCE teams are here and stuff. So you get a lot of... Um, they, they for major things most teams will do a boot camp. Uh, I don't think my son and them are not going until next week just because they're already here. Right, but maybe for it does it seem to be does V one C for like regionals they could keep doing the boot camping and playing up in Minnesota. I, I'll be surprised in the spring if we don't see them boot camp again. Okay, I I, I would um, agree because it, it worked very well for them. Yeah, and then if there's a. They go to the next major, and it's in wherever that's not in the United States. I would think that you'll see them go out there a little early. It's just also just to help with the jet lag, the time change, you know, also. Yeah, I know that's a concern. Johnny Boy brought that up for uh, Sandrock coming over because they do have one of the longer travels. So hopefully they're here early and getting themselves adjusted. Exactly. Uh, but that that is going to be rough. Uh, also wondering what is something that you're, I, I know you told us you're not sure if you're going to be able to make it to land, but when you were getting, like going to the lands, what was something that you really looked forward to? Was it seeing like the pot, like Papa Rizzo and all the other dads there, or was it just being there and yeah. experiencing it? It's definitely, uh, hanging out with some of the parents besides, I mean, I, I actually talk to a lot of the players and stuff. I like, you know, talking with them and everything, but it's, and actually Garrett G's dad and um, JNAP's dad were the two I hung out with the most at a lot of the um, a lot of the lands. Like it was just us three always together and stuff. And and uh, Gimmick's dad would be there too. But uh, and then Papa Rizzo, me and him, we didn't really start hanging out until the last couple. I don't know. We either never seen each other or, or whatever it was, or just just were different spots. But like I said, it was. Uh, Garrett G's dad, with who's really cool, and uh, and, and so is JNF's dad. They're really cool together. You know, we we'd have a real good time going and hang out after and stuff. In London, we were all just going all over the place together, like in between on the off days and stuff, and during the day. So that sounds like so much fun. Uh, I get, everything that you're saying about how you've helped your kid like get to this point or the behind the scenes stuff. Like when you're talking about going to the airport, I'm imagining helping my kid learn how to ride his bike to school by himself, like how difficult that is, but how as a parent, how satisfying that is, is did you, have you had a moment where you're like, he's gone. I did my job correctly. What, what would you have done different or how do you feel about like how he went into everything? No, I think, I think uh, everything went pretty well. Um, Actually, I, I, I don't know if I'd do anything really that much different. Uh, I think the only real blemish he ever had was the first time that they were, I think it was for season three. It was him, Squishy, and Lachinio. I don't know if you guys remember that. Oh, I remember yeah. Lachinio. Yeah. And so they went to the qualifiers and they got beat by the team that uh, they ended up using the name uh, STD, it was called. Um, which was a terrible initials because you know, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> but anyways, they weren't supposed to lose and they never made it to that land. And then that's when Lachino got kicked off the team. And that's how they picked up gimmick. But anyways, right after they lost, my son went on to Twitter to say, this sucks. 
can't win if your teammates don't want to practice. And I was like, you can't put your guys out there, even though it's true. And, I, and he's like, well, and I deleted it. And I was like, yeah, but watch. And like a hundred screenshots were all over Reddit like, because that's all. No matter how fast you delete it, once it's there, people find it. Yep. So he learned a lesson early on, which is good that if you are upset, calm down before you even think about typing anything. And is it even worth it? So uh, that was the only real thing that he did that kind of, but he did it early. So he learned. So I was glad. No, that's a good yeah, life sounds lesson. Like a good kid, right? Yeah. I got to be honest with you. All these orcs should have like a PR person that these kids should have to run their uh, tweets through that are going to be about RLCS and about what they're doing on the team before it goes out there because there's some really dumb stuff that's said sometimes. So they're still not doing that? Because I remember asking Ron about that, and he said, yeah, at the beginning, like, the kids had no no help whatsoever, but now the orgs are starting to bring that in. But from what you just uh, said, not, it not from, like... Not from making sure kids don't tweet or anything, no. Not okay. really. I think Maybe they like do a, have, like, a, a mental health mom. person and stuff. Like a but, team mom, maybe too. I know a lot of sports yeah, have that. You know, uh, you know, and, and the coaches really aren't there to do anything besides. Most of them aren't actually coaching the players because most of the players are better. When you think about that, they're there to really uh, do logistics when they're at lands and stuff, and also they're the ones that really just schedule all their um, actual, uh, you know, scrims and stuff. So. Well, like we had Wi-Fi on last week. Wi-Fi. He's in. He's very intelligent after we talk to him but at the end of the day he is 18 he's still learning some life lessons too as he as he told us so i can only imagine some of these younger coaches that these orgs are bringing in it's not it's not really that role model that you would think that a traditional coach would be right no it's not it's not at all it's it's more like i said it's more almost and they were used they were called in the beginning managers like jazzo for g2 he was a manager and then they kind of started calling people coaches when you had people like fireburner and sis and and stuff because they were players also mm -hmm. so but i think overall i think they're more uh manager and stuff than coach now they will look over replays and let the teams let the team know like tendencies of the other teams that they may or may have to watch out for so other than that, um, I think that's their biggest roles, though, really. At least that's what I, I have experience with um, what Fireburner does. Oh, that's awesome. Um, what was what was the like one thing that Torment did that for you just like sparked that said that this was going to be it? This is something like he has something here and he needs to run with it. I get. I, I again. I think it was just the teams he was on, and just seeing how you know they were they were being successful. I mean, again, it used to be fun. I think it was there. Sometimes were Tuesdays, but there was a lot of Thursday night tournaments. All these teams, you got to remember, this first started. They're playing for fifty dollars tournaments back then. On a Thursday night, you'd have you'd have um, which was like they were called Genesis or whatever. You know, it was like Gary mm -hmm. G and. And a bunch, and my son's team, a Lachino and Squishy, and you had like a G two and stuff, and they're all playing. You had like eight, ten teams, and would start at like say seven o'clock, go to eleven o'clock at night, and they're all playing. At the end of it, it was fifty dollars, but that's all you had besides RLCS seasons and stuff. So it was pretty wild. But you'd see. So when they became uh, with, with Lachino and Squishy and my son, all of a sudden they started beating all the teams, and I was like, okay. They're, they're, you know, and then they came up with saying, you know, he's like the third man. I mean, he was really good at saving and stuff. And that kind of was his role in the beginning when that was a role in Rocket League more. 
Yeah, he's definitely. Yeah, that's wild. I, I've always thought that when it came to torment, that's that's just always stuck in the back of my brain. Like, you want somebody to model after that's gonna like really support the team and help keep you in a good position. That's always been torment. Right, and then Lucinio and Squishy probably used the most boosts out of anyone, so he had to learn to play with hardly any boosts, and then it went right to gimmick, so it got no better. <laughs> oh, so, all boost. So he's learned to play without boost for a long time, like you know. So uh, you always need that catch-all guy, and it sounds like Torment was that. No matter what they threw at him, or what team people were, able, he was able to pick up the pieces, and that's a baseball player in my opinion. Right. And the other thing is, is I've always taught him about being humble and stuff. And he doesn't like, you know, he'll tell you, like, I, I think the last interview they had, he's like, I don't care if I score, I score zero goals. I want, if our team won, that's what it's about. So, you know, he's he's not going after, oh, I need to be the guy that does seven uh, resets and scores 10 goals in a series and stuff. You know, that's just not who he's going to be. And that's not how he's trying to be. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so speaking back to what you were talking about, it, it sounded like the the whole thing, Rocket League Championship Series, came from like pickup games for fifty bucks to these million dollar, crazy hundreds of thousand dollars tournaments, and he made it there. What's some advice that you would give kids coming up now? I know it's a different time, or or the families or parents or anyone who you you can speak to of like what to expect going forward for these kids that are just starting out. I mean, now it's a lot harder to obviously break in. Back then, you you broke in, and then you kind of kept the spot. Like, you had to, like, lose your spot the only way you could get out. So um, nowadays, really, like, you know, and I actually hear some of the pros, even, like, my, like people say, yo, how do I get in there and stuff? It's basically playing six-mans uh, and, and getting known with people and, and, you know, maybe you're streaming so people can see and getting good enough where you get recognized. That's really... The only way in, in, in a team, like too, if you have three players that you all think that are good enough and get into the bubble tournaments and stuff and try to start making some noise really is how how it's going to be done. And all I can say about parents, if your kid's going for it, uh, you got to support them. The worst thing you can do is make them feel like they can't do it. I, I, I think in anything that, you know, the, whether it's an e-sport or, or anything else in life. Anyways, I'm just I'm just very supportive. I actually have two sons and I support them both. You know, it's just I can't. I can't see doing it any other way, but I know there's people out there that tell, you know, their kids, they can't do things and stuff. So, yeah, I'm hoping too, from this latest, the whole pandemic, maybe people will come out of here realizing that things that you would normally do in person, you can do online now and you should support those things. And maybe that's what you like. That's what I got. But I was already part of that generation. I have a prediction that I would say probably in about 10 years, you're going to see a lot of traditional sports go on, and it's going to be sports. You know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see. I see some of these traditional sports dying. I mean, baseball. You wanted to go on a lockout strike. See how many people start watching. I mean, it, it's going down, and as more people see an esport, and I'll tell you what's really going to do it, unfortunately, but is is they're going to start having like uh, all the all the all the uh, legal gambling stuff. When they start having esports, forget about it. It's gonna get oh popular. my lord! I'll go bankrupt. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it really will. It, it'll just take off because people. It's an easy watch, and so people and the, and the younger generations they don't have the attention span, I believe, to sit down for a nine innings of, of baseball and all those type of things. They want things quick and fast. I mean, Rocket League. And if you hear it now, like I love it. I love it on a, on the weekend when 
all these tournaments going on. I'm hearing these kids complain about this is too long watching all this. I've been waiting for this because <laughs> I used to hate watching like one week weekend you watch maybe one or two series and you have to wait the next week. This is just was when the, when it's happened. It's so much like you know, and I like it. I like all the games. Oh yeah, back when it was uh, an actual season and it yeah. like you said it was two two three matches a week. What's something that you would uh, um, if you had a little bit of input to improve the scene? What what is something you would you would throw in there? Um, I mean, the scene itself. What I'll tell you is is something that I I want to see uh, Rocket League do is with the casters. Is I think that they should have a day, especially now. Like so, perfect example with the land. They should have a day where they get to sit with the players and interview them themselves to get questions. So when there's downtime in between games and stuff. Instead of them kind of doing sometimes, I hate to say it, dumb stuff they're talking about, stuff that we really don't care. They can be like, hey, did you know that Beast Mode on his off time, he goes fishing or what? You know, whatever it is. It's kind of like when you watch traditional sports and you hear the guys and they, they'll talk to you about other things the players are doing or whatever. I think that would help uh, connect, the, connect the whole thing a little bit better and give the casters a little bit more uh, uh, substance. Oh, I agree. I think if they brought like the the gold rush things that were that used to go on uh in like the middle of the year they would do little things like that and i think it definitely showed uh, a little bit of a human side to the players that we don't Correct. usually get to see yeah i mean the orgs do a little bit of i like with their content i know v1 when uh they were up there doing the boot camp i think they just released a video a couple of days ago they all made a painting of firebird it's pretty funny <laughs> Um, so they do content and stuff and that helps connect with the fans too. Yes. I will have to go look at that. Uh, but as we get out of here, is there any last bit that you would like to say out there? Any plug you'd like to give out at, before we transition now out of here? Um, I mean, no, I mean, except, uh, like you were saying, especially like, so when, if I don't go to land, I'll be doing a viewing party. So everyone wants to check it out and hang out. Uh, we have a lot of fun. 100% 100% well poor dad we really appreciate you coming on tonight and just sharing uh, sharing that insight that we usually don't get to hear and uh, we hope to have you back another time absolutely guys anytime it's my pleasure thanks a lot thanks take it easy have a good Later. one you too alright bucket wow we talked that to poor dad awesome. that was amazing hearing the like behind the scenes parenting stuff just made me feel like some type of way i I don't even know how to describe i don't even have i have a kid who's now seven he'll be eight soon so when he started touching on how he got him involved a little bit didn't like like hey here's a game they just started playing together and then he's already into video games he's helping him like be a man and like here here's how you travel like let him take the reins a little bit like just the parenting stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You can tell that that probably helped make him the kind of person he is, which made him the player that he is, which helps the team win the last thing, uh, the last regional we just watched. Like It all matters. And being a father is one of those jobs that are thankless. Like Unless we were here asking these specific questions, no one's going to know that, right? Torment on his own is a great kid, but having his dad there to support him and do all those things is amazing. You, you couldn't, uh, you couldn't have said it any better. Oh, that's what stuck out to me the most, right? Was him talking about, um, that the little things of, all right, we're walking through the airport. 
you're guiding me. My parents actually did that for me. And that, hey, where are we going? What What do you mean, where are we going? I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you better figure it out. You, you At some point, you're going to have to do this on your own. Or even like, I remember my parents, and I've done it with my soon-to-be five-year-old, of we're driving home, and it's like, hey, where do I need to go? And he just being able to look and go, you need to go that way. Like kids don't, I feel like a lot of kids these days don't think about things like that. And the fact that he, he took the time and was able to recognize that that's what he needed to do for his kid is huge and makes complete sense why he is the player that he is now. Yeah. I mean, we heard three or four stories that, that maybe are just normal stories um, for them. But for us, it gave us a, a sneak peek behind the curtain. Like, the Twitter thing. Oh, yeah. Don't do that, kid. Learn from your mistakes quickly. All right, here we go. We are going to get a little blowback from this, but I know how to <laughs> help hemorrhage that. And then other little things like that in giving these like real life experience things to build off of to make him into, you know, essentially a grown up and a man by himself. It's awesome to see. And what a great guy. Well, and I could have had better examples. No, that, that 100%. I didn't realize I'd always kind of wondered what was a little bit of the drama with C9 and he sprinkled a little bit there for us. I, I never knew that they were trying to get rid of torment. That just, that, that just doesn't make sense in my brain. He was literally the rock of, of that team. Yeah. But you're seeing that like now more and more, right? Where they're trying to figure out what piece do we keep? What piece do we get rid of to get our team right in? Even in uh, Major League Baseball, I think I just saw the Reds are like completely demolishing their team to get off contracts, to start over, maybe build around someone else. Like there's all these efforts that that go into it. And when you're such a small knit group, the org is going to be the deciding factor. And that's really tough. But you're right. Torment was one of those guys who was a staple and he was going to land on his feet. So it would have been really awful decision on their part if they just got rid of him. Well, it almost makes you wonder if he did leave the org, what I just, I think that's an open realm of possibilities there because he see torment seems to be a player that has a lot of good relationships, which after talking with tour dad, it makes sense. He, he doesn't seem like a, a player or an individual that burns bridges. He learned very young that, you know, you stick up for your teammates. You don't, even if they are not performing, don't, don't air the dirty laundry for everybody else to see. Keep that internal and work on it. And oh my lord, I can only imagine the 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 combos we could have had. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's any given Sunday at this point. It feels <laughs> like like anyone could do anything right now with their organization. Um, but keeping the good t teams and the good players in yours that that should be what they want to focus on not getting the new up and coming guys like and that's harder for these small teams right there's only three guys or uh alternate and a coach or whatever but when you're talking about a baseball team or something like that or a basketball team you have all these bench players and you have players specifically tailored to make sure everyone does the right thing a veteran who does someone who comes in maybe not gets a lot of playing time but gets all the young guys organized like when there's three people you have to wear all those hats and torment wears a bunch of those about as good as anyone else. He and really does. Attribute it to his father. I mean, I will praise fathers all day, not only because I am one, I'm friends with a lot, and I see how when you have someone who's 
backing you, helping you, getting you to that next level, then that just levels up like that kid, 100%. You want to hear a combo that Tor Dad just dropped me in Discord? I do. He said, You got to rap? It was, no, 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 no. No, no, I'm not Jaysu. I'm not doing that. I'm not drunk enough. Uh, he said, C9 was almost squishy first killer in to Torment. That's wild. It, like, first killer oh my. was like the original young gun. But if you remember, there is bad blood, there seems to be, between first killer and squishy. So, right. oh man, that would have been a nutty lineup though. Uh, JRE cycle. No, you will not be getting any rapping for me. As I told Jaysu, I was one of three white kids on my basketball team in high school. And I learned very quickly that I did not have the gift of putting words in a rhyme over a beat. <laughs> not my thing. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm nearly 40 years old and I still haven't learned. Oh, oh. I'm going to keep trying. Oh no. You you just there's some things in life you just go, "Nah. I'm 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 good. I I don't need to do that." Leave that to the experts. Yes, leave that to the experts for sure. Oh man. Well, do you got anything else you really want to talk about? I don't think I do. No, I I I'm glad we kept it like that format um we're still trying to figure ill right and i think we had a really good just conversation with him. we didn't have any drilling points or anything we're trying to like get out of him anybody and we keep coming with these great stories and these great conversations and uh that would have been a conversation we could have just had you know on the fly just hanging out with him, sitting on a back porch and I, that's the style that i love so being able to do that with someone who has a knowledge base or something cool to like share with everyone is what this is all about for me. Like I'm enjoying these interviews more than being able to sit here and digest them with you and then go back and listen to them again. Um, this is, this is good content right here. I'm not going to lie. Is, this is, sure. I, I'm enjoying this it. Is this is very, like you said, good conversations. Uh, but yeah, with no real, Rockley competition to talk about this past week. I know a lot of the pros are out there on the on the West Coast servers. Tordad mentioned it. I have seen tweets about that. That uh, basically NA ranked right now is another level because you have a lot of top players that are playing on these servers right now. So I especially with the reset, I bet they're all at like GC three, just trying to. Make yeah. I, I could only imagine right now. Neo, I will get to coaching you. I promise. I have just, I have definitely let that slip and I, we will get on that. Um, but, uh, Tom, not going to be able to make it tonight. So we're going to push our major winter, major spectacular to next Monday, where we are going to break down the teams that are playing our predictions. And we're going to get our senior analyst in here. Tomlet to give us his predictions because uh i mean he's pretty spot on with the way he he sees this stuff so i'm excited for that yeah thomas perspective is always one that i will hold in high regard when it comes to rock league he not only goes and digs and digs and digs for the information but he's able to digest it and like spit it back out in a calculated way which makes 
And hopefully we're able to get some good insights from him or at least have some fun conversation. If nothing else, we're good at that next week. So I'm looking forward to talking with Tom. I agree. Uh, we don't have anybody lined up next week right now. If you have any good ideas, please let us know. Shoot me a tweet at a uh, Mr. Hoosier, uh, uh, Mr. Hoosier TTV or at Bruckett and let us know. Tag somebody if you want us to try and reach out and get them on the podcast. We'd love to talk with any players or uh, just any coaches or any dads out there that Rocket League dads of pros that have some some cool stories to share. But uh, okay, you got anything else? No, it was a blast again. I appreciate everyone coming by, look, listening to us in the VOD or whatever. However you see us, uh, look for more ways to find us. That's what we're working on right now, trying to get these things out there in other atmospheres, whether it's the YouTubes or just a purely uh, auditory place, like a v actual podcast. But we're working on getting more mediums for Yes, we are definitely doing that. We appreciate you guys as always. Quick one tonight, but uh, be sure to catch us back here next week, Monday, for our Winter Major Spectacular, and we'll break everything down then. But as always, we appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you next time.